I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. Guys, I woke up, came into the uh, the den this morning. It was about uh, 4.30. And uh, turned the TV on. And it was on Comedy Central. The, that's the, the last thing, I guess, that we had on before we turned the TV off last night. And an infomercial is on. And I was, you know, I, I, I sit down and I'm, this, this woman's, you know, got like this, you know, neck massager thing going on. And they're like, oh, I guess they're advertising some kind of neck massager. And I'm, as I'm raising my, my coffee cup to my lips, um, she then starts talking about how effective the massager is in your erogenous zones. Oh. Uh. And I'm like, eh? the fuck? And it, this is an infomercial for that Adam and Eve outfit, you know, they sell uh, lingerie yeah. and adult mm-hmm. sex toys. And I mean, <laughs> I was dying. I mean, because the, 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 the first massager that they had on just looked like, you know, a neck massager that you might have. And then, you know, exploring your pants with, well, everything else was very, very, very adult. <laughs> I'm like, this is on basic cable. And I mean, they were like, <laughs> it graduates from, you know, this is the rabbit. So it really focuses on your clitoris. <laughs> and I was amused by the pronunciation, the clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's going on and on. And they've got all, all of the spokespeople are women. And they all look like, you know, your next door neighbor. They're just, you know, they're, they don't look like porn stars playing with the equipment. And they're all they're all touching. It. In fact, there was this like, you know, uh, very anatomically correct representation of a penis, and our wow. hand is going up and down it, and, you know, and, and showing you you can you can work the shaft like this, and it does that. And I'm just like, oh my god. And then they had some devices on there, like I'm gonna require some some kind of instruct this thing does <laughs> you know i'm like will, will someone come to my house and show me how to use this? i mean it was crazy but what killed me right as i'm watching this and you know working my way through my cup of coffee they talk about their 100 percent satisfaction 90 day no questions asked uh money back you know guarantee if you don't enjoy it just send it back and we'll refund you your money and it occurred to me, I was thinking about, you know, uh, you know, in fast fashion, everyone kind of talks about, you know, the issue around returns. You know, when folks send you back the shirt that you didn't like, that shirt doesn't usually go back into the online store. It will go to a reseller or outlet mall or something like that. And those that don't then will go to a less uh, you know, economically advanced country, you know, I'm not going to say third world country, but it, it won't go to like England. It'll go to, you know, some other, you know, country and be sold as new. And guys, I think that's what's happening. You know, it's not just the cockering warehouses that uh, these, these used devices are going to, they're going to third world countries and that's why the world hates us. They're having to use our used sex toys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, they're, you're, you're, they're, they are having to use previously owned ass play uh, training kits. <laughs> I, 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 refurbished. I, out. <laughs> I, I am convinced this is why the world hates America. You know, the most shocking part of that story to me? Uh huh. You still have cable. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, uh, I, you notice he didn't turn it off. Was, like he, he came across the dildo. Oh no, I, I was just like, kept going. It was it was watching a car wreck. I mean, it was the it was the strangest thing. And then of course, you know, I had to tell my wife all about it when she got up. I was like, <laughs> you know, I didn't know that there were kits to train you how to how to how to massage your prostate. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> it was, I, you know, I, you mentioned basic cable, and we're not going to talk about it on this show because um, I feel like we just need to start our own Yellowstone with uh, Aaron and Polly. Podcast. Yellowstone with Aaron and Polly. Yeah, but you know, I, agree. I, 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 I have never watched Yellowstone on its um, Paramount Plus. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, on it because yeah, it's it's actually not on Paramount Plus, which is odd. They ha- it's on um, Peacock, but you know when when I first I, I got into Yellowstone right at the end of season one, right? I think it was around at the same time you did, right? And so you know I purchased the season I think through Amazon, and same. you know it was it's very mature. There's nudity, there's f bombs, there's all that stuff, right? And I was like, oh mm-hmm. wow, like I'm glad I bought this on Amazon instead of watching it edited. And then season two, by the time season two rolled around, I didn't want to deal with commercials. So I was just, I just did pre-ordered the season, you know, um, through Amazon yeah. and, uh, you know, same basic prompts. Like I, you know, and I did the same with season three. So I just, you know, watch it on Amazon. Don't even worry about commercials. Don't worry about fast forwarding. Just literally load it up and it goes. Well, season four recently started, and um, again, I will avoid spoilers because I know you're you're waiting, Aaron. Yes. Um, but I was, but you know, we were out of town. We were in New Jersey um, that week, and I was like, hey, you know what? Like, we were psyched. We're ready. We want to see Yellowstone. Let's let's watch it. Let you know. Let's actually watch Yellowstone during its airing. And I will tell you. Amazon really doesn't edit, or really, there is no difference between what you see on Amazon and what you see on that show on basic cable. Oh, really? And I was shocked. I mean, you know, I know that's prudish of me, but I was like, wow, like, you see nudity. You see, you, they, they cuss. Like, there's, like, it is, it is an R-rated show on basic cable. And I know it's TVMA and all that stuff, but I still assume when I watch TVMA, there are still some limits that basic cable won't cross. Um, right. I mean, it's not pornography. You're not watching Sex in the City or or Oz, um, <laughs> you know. But, Sex in the City is pornography, Paul. You know my point. It's <laughs> you know, but you, you're not watching Oz or anything like you know that that you're, there's no uh, there's no male nudity. Um, but you know, there it, it it is certainly really kind of like wow, okay, like they they I, I did not know that we were in a state where basic cable could get away with that even with a tvma what channel is it paramount network uh, on on cable it's on it, the at least it premiered on several different channels oh that's because i saw that it it was on uh tv land it was on, on the paramount network it was on country uh, cmt which used to be called country music television um i mean it was all over the place because wow. like my my tivo grabbed it on like four different channels but but it generally airs on paramount network yeah those really are all basic yeah 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 i was thinking paul saying basic cable maybe it was actually a premium channel or like hbo or cinemax or something but no those are all channels i do not expect to see nudity on well and i remember that you know when i remember when south park remember uh when Mm -hmm. when when south because i think south park was like the first basic cable show to to embrace the TVMA and drop an F bomb in an episode, mm-hmm. and they made a whole episode about it 
in Yellowstone, it's just all cussing all the time. Oh, it's all over all the time, yeah. And I was just like, what? And every now and again, you get to see Beth get out of a bathtub. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, like, I mean, I mean, you know, it's, it's just kind of funny to me that like, okay. Like I I did not realize that, uh, this, this happened on, on television. Now I I do know that American horror story gets away with a lot, but I don't watch American horror story. So yeah. And American horror story tends to be rather twisted. So it's not just, you know, casual, somebody getting out of the shower. It's usually some BDSM involved. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's like, yeah. Yeah, I had a moment Which like is, that this week, Paul, of uh, I was watching the Cowboy Bebop live action on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's quite a bit of nudity right there in your face. Oh. As I, I did not expect that from a an anime adaption on Netflix. Oh. I have to say, I'm you know, I'm not an, an, much of an anime guy, and I have never watched an episode of Cowboy Bebop. But I this morning I saw the trailer for the Netflix series. I was like, you know what? That actually looks kind of cool. I've always described Cowboy Bebop as the anime for people that don't like anime. Mm-hmm. It is very much a sci-fi show. It's an action show. I compare it to uh, Firefly mm-hmm. in that it's uh, sci-fi, but it's all within one solar system. Mm-hmm. I did not realize Cowboy Bebop was a show. I thought it was a movie. Now that I know it's a show, I have less interest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not not to be harsh about it, but I thought it was just a movie, and I was looking forward to watching the movie. But now it's ten episodes, and I'm like, damn it! Like, there's I've already you know I already haven't watched Squid Game. Like, I've got, I've got too much on my DVR already. You uh, know, I, I, I'm with you, Paul. There is so much right now that I need to watch. Uh, Hit Monkey. Yeah. I watched the first episode of Hit Monkey last night. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah, was the it? new Jason... Wheel of Time series. Uh, you said, I, okay, so one thing at a time. Huh. Uh, Hit, Hit Monkey, Jason Sudeikis is the perfect casting um, as the the hitman narrator of the show. Um, fantastic. Love love the uh, love the visuals. We'll wait and hear, until you guys uh, get a chance to watch it before we talk about it in depth. But it was terrific. Wheel of Time, I didn't make it through the cold open. Ooh. I hated it so much. I, I was just like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and turned it off. Because why? There's far too much good content out there to waste your time watching something that's second rate. And the thing that I don't understand about Wheel of Time is Amazon is spending a bloody fortune in making the Lord of the Rings television series. I don't understand why they developed Wheel of time when you know they're they're clearly spending a lot of money on it and the audiences are going to be so similar i don't understand i i would feel like they're they're capturing that audience with the uh, lord of the rings show yeah. why waste their money on this time bullshit well you know what's interesting you know that we're talking about these shows um like i think it was so we, it's been a few weeks since we podcasted but i think it was last week last friday maybe um the mm-hmm. 12th maybe i think um was disney plus day and i gotta tell you yes i was psyched for disney plus day i was psyched i, I was like you know I, I just happened to have the day off not because of that but you know i had the day <laughs> off from work and i'm like i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna watch the streaming you know because it was like you know we're gonna announce the marvel stuff at like 11 45 and blah 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 i'm like okay did they actually air it on disney plus there was nothing it was all social media announcements. And so that was my first disappointment. 
right? That basically, you know, I'm, I'm looking for the live stream and I'm like, I don't see a live stream. And I looked it up and it was basically like, no, we're just going to announce stuff on our social media feeds for the next three hours. That's just silly. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that's stupid. It seems like you could have made this appointment television if you had just, you know, done uh-huh. something with it. And you were expecting it to be a fandom. I was. I was expecting a fandom, especially after, you know, recently watching fandom. Um, you know, and so th- on top of that, you know, they, they, they most of it was logos. Um, right. Very, very little of it was actual footage of anything. They had an Obi-Wan um, sneak peek that was basically just concept art, which I found rather frustrating given that. Um, the film, the show is already filmed. Like they, you couldn't, they didn't piece together a trailer. They're probably holding on that till Star Wars Celebration or something next year. But you know, I expected more of it. Um, and then you know, Marvel announced a crap ton of stuff, um, including, uh, I mean, some stuff we'd already known about, right? Like they, they confirmed Secret Invasion, um, an Echo TV series, What If season two, Miss Marvel. Um, they had some surprise announcements, like the return of the X-Men 1997 animated series, um, that they are going to be basically producing another, a new season set in the continuity of the X-Men 1997 animated series. Um, an animated series set during Spider-Man's freshman year. It, uh, they showed a little bit of preview art. It looks very Ditko-ish. Yeah, um, and it's specifically the MCU Spider-Man's freshman year. Yeah. Um, Marvel Zombies, they announced, uh, I'm assuming, you know, an animated show, but take off of what we, you know, that uh, one what if episode. An Agatha show, which, I don't know, I feel like Disney, I, I, I feel we, that like... That had already been announced. That had already been announced, but I feel like, I feel like Disney read the room wrong on that one. Like, I know everyone, like, loved that one Agatha episode, but, like, do we need an Agatha TV show? I don't feel like I do. Um, <laughs> but, I, I need as much of that actress on the screen as possible because she was amazing. Yeah, okay, well they're appealing to the Waynes, um, <laughs> but you know I um th- I was you know then it ended and I'm like well that sucked like it was literally just like 15 minutes of nothing but logos, but then on Disney Plus they released a Marvel um like a Marvel Disney Plus featurette. It's about 15 minutes long, and the first. 12 minutes or so. Well, I would say the first 10 minutes or so focus on the previous shows that have already aired, like, you know, little bits of footage from each. Then they have a clip from Hawkeye, which comes out this week. Yeah, so excited about Hawkeye. It looks incredible. And then it ends with brief teasers of, but actual footage of Moon Knight, She-Hulk, and Miss Marvel, which I was, you know, I was, I was grateful to see. We, we do not actually see She-Hulk. We see the Hulk. We see Mark Ruffalo Hulk pop up. Um, we don't we see, see She-Hulk's butt. You see She-Hulk's butt. <laughs> <laughs> you see a little bit of Moon Knight in the shadows. Um, you know, Miss Marvel you, you actually get to see. But I, I was I was excited to see a little bit of footage. Um, the fact that Moon Knight has something worth already revealing. Because I'm very excited about that show. Yeah, I loved the She-Hulk teaser. Because we got to see Jennifer Walters throughout it. We got to see uh, Bruce Banner. We got to see, you know, just basically what the feel of the show should be. And that's what I was hoping for, at least. I would have liked to have seen a full, you know, let us see her face in in She-Hulk mode. But apparently not. As far as teasers go, I was still I was still more happy with that than I was the Flash trailer that, you know, 
cock tease the Batmobile. (laughs) Well, you know, I was talking to someone about this the other day. And, you know, Eternals is out now in cinemas. And Shang-Chi, you know, was the prior release. And before that was Black Widow. And, you know, uh, Shang-Chi is now on Disney+. Plus. I'm At this point, I feel like I'm just going to end up waiting for Eternals to be on Disney+. Plus. And I, you know, in, in thinking about these characters, and this is the conversation I was having with my buddy the other day, I was like, the... It's interesting because Disney Plus and Marvel have elevated their TV shows to such a point that the movies they're releasing don't feel like don't feel like a point. Yeah, like, you know, to our our point of they don't feel like event movies. Right. Especially because in theory, the movies are focusing on new characters, whereas all the the big hits are now on Disney Plus. You've got your Scarlet Witch and Vision. You've got your. Falcon and Winter Soldier, your Loki, you know, the main characters are are on Disney Plus shows and the new characters are on in the cinemas. Um, but they're not like as, as Shang-Chi is one of my favorite comic characters, but I I didn't, you know, I waited like two months to see that thing in theaters. Um, they just don't feel like event movies to me. And I, I don't know how you feel. Uh, Wayne, I, have you seen Eternals? Have you been to the movies to see Eternals yet? Nope. I'm waiting for Disney Plus on it. See, it's one of those things that like you, I mean, even... We saw every freaking, I mean, most Marvel movies in, in, the, in the cinema. Um, now, obviously, COVID notwithstanding, but um, they just don't feel like event movies right now. Um, well, you know, I will go know, to see Spider-Man in the theater, though. Yeah. I, I'm super psyched for that. If we weren't in the middle of a global pandemic, I absolutely would have seen Shang-Chi in theaters opening weekend, right? Um, that would I, I would have been there, uh, and same with Eternals, because uh, the I, I'm very interested in what they're going to do with Eternals, and I've been very surprised that the reviews have been as favorable as they've been, because Eternals is such a niche uh, sort of story yeah. in the the Marvel books. But uh, I, I agree. I, I you know I I'm not sure you know had they released an Avengers movie you know during pandemic. Uh, I think that might have that, that story might have been different, right? Um, I yeah. think the, I think the current phase, and I forget which which number are we four? in phase six now? I think we're four or five, whatever, <laughs> whatever. You know, but we're so far down the line, and the so much of the predominant stories have been told. You know, we've told our Iron Man story, we've told our our uh, Captain America story. Um, you know, they're really having to spend some – we don't have another, you know, uh, Chadwick Boseman movie coming, right? Um, I think they're having to sort of – they're in a rebuilding phase. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're sort of, you know, reassembling the Avengers, you know, to, to give us a new Avengers movie on down the line at some point. Um, I, I understand why they don't feel as important. But, you know, um, I, I'm excited for the new Spider-Man movie. I am too. Uh, then that would I would say that is probably the exception. Now that being yeah. said, funny enough, I don't really love the two prior Spider-Man movies. In fact, I think Far From Home is pretty crappy. Um, but you know, obviously, this one looks like th- th- that looks like an event movie, like I expect from every Marvel movie that comes out. But um, I. I'm more excited for Hawkeye than I am for Eternals. And it has nothing to do with the characters. It just, for me, has to do with um, the the story that's being told, maybe. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like like I said, and it, it, it's both a good thing and a bad thing, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like, it's a good thing that Marvel Studios has elevated their television programming to the point that it feels like a, an event to me. Like, Hawkeye yeah. looks freaking good. It feels like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to sit and, and enjoy that the same way I would if it was a Hawkeye movie. Um, but, you know, the, the but yeah. the movies themselves feel like, man, I wish that was just on Disney+. Plus. Like, I wish Eternals was just a freaking Disney Plus show. Um, it, it, and well, I think, you know me. I'd rather watch it at home anyway. Fair. I mean, you know, given my druthers, I'd rather opening weekend, you know, stream it to my TV uh, than go to a movie theater because people. I hate people. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's same here. I mean, I hate going to the movie theater because I hate the whole experience. Yeah. However, I went and saw Ghostbusters Afterlife yesterday, and the local theater has COVID vaccine only showings. Where you have to show your card to get in, they have uh, you know less capacity in those showings, so there's you know chance to space people out. I had zero complaints about people in this in the showing <laughs> at all, right? And it was a I actually I really appreciated seeing it in the theater, which is odd for me because I'm not a theater guy. But once you take out all of the annoying people aspect of it. Mm-hmm kind of good to see it in the theater in a different chair and the big giant screen because i went with like a super deluxe size screen nice did you enjoy the ghostbusters i have not seen it yet no spoilers i i yeah no. uh you know the uh, the mother-in-law moved in this weekend so i have not had an opportunity to go to the movies yeah for, completely spoiler free i loved it i mean you guys know ghostbusters is one of my big properties one of my big right. movies and this is a complete love letter to the originals. Uh, someone described it to me as Ghostbusters meets Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And I kind of get that. I definitely think there's a case for that. Complete with the Stranger Things actor in the in the film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that uh, it might be difficult for you know younger audiences that maybe have not seen the original. But because so many of the characters are young and hadn't been around for the original... I think they do a good job of presenting it. I think it could be a cross-generation movie, but there's really so many Easter eggs and nostalgia there for the fans of the original. It's like it's a serious love letter to the original movie. And one of the things before it, I saw a new trailer for Crypto and the Super Pets. Oh yeah. Yeah, you remember during Fandom we got that little teaser. The teaser, yeah. And I I was making a comment about, you know, fans of uh, Ace the uh the bat dog are going to be pissed because of how they're treating it. That's not Ace. Oh, really? It is a based on the this trailer, which was a complete trailer. It is a entirely new set of animals that got superpowers. Oh, okay. Except for Crypto, of course. He's I was already there. But the Justice League is kidnapped, and the super pets have to save them. And these are a whole new batch of pets: huh. a squirrel, a pig, a dog. And they have completely different powers. One of them has electricity powers. One of them has uh, super speed. One of them is uh, invincible. Okay. So, so does yeah, it look I, good, though? I mean, does it look Oh, enjoyable? yeah, I was way more excited for it when I found out it was all new animals. Because the fact that the, uh, the, the dog that I thought was Ace didn't seem capable makes so much more sense now. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's a brand new dog that's never had powers before. And it was a normal dog. 
Well, I'm, I'm excited to hear that you enjoyed Ghostbusters. I know what a, a huge Ghostbusters fan you are. Uh, and uh, I am eager. The, the, the trailers for Ghostbusters Afterlife have just looked outstanding. But here's my concern. Are ready for my concern? Because you knew I had to have yeah. a concern. Of course. Is that, you know, this is a Sony Motion Pictures film. They do not have a streaming platform. So this is not going to get baked into your... Uh, Paramount Plus, your Disney Plus, your HBO Max, your Netflix anytime soon, which means that when they do their thing in 45 days or so, it's going to be a $20 rental like No Time to Die. Probably. So th- that's when I'm going to get to see it. I'm going to get to pay 20 bucks for it to uh, stream it at home. Which is fine. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, for, did, so you did it's see the cost of, Yeah. Yeah. I, I will buy it on Amazon the moment it's available for me to have in my digital catalog mm-hmm. well, i'm looking forward to it i love i love the original ghostbusters did not care for the uh for the you know what 2016 uh reboot yep, uh, same I'm, here I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this it just it looks you know aimed right at me so i'm excited to see it hey speaking of uh, uh and, and i know we're going to talk about comics here in a minute but um venom apparently comes out on uh digital this week so i'll finally be able to on- see venom too Wow, that's fast. November 23rd. Arrives on digital on November 23rd, followed by 4K Blu-ray and DVD on December 14th. There's a lot hitting this week for Thanksgiving. Like, I think the uh, Season 3 of Lost in Space drops this week. Oh, that's week. right. Um, I, I recall that there are a number of other things, too, but I, I cannot for the life of me remember what they what they are right now. I'm, Damn, you know, Aaron, just... we got to get caught up. we got to watch our Lost in Space. we got to do Lost in Space with Aaron and Polly. Exactly. Well, I already rewatched the uh, prior two seasons, Paul. So All right, well, I'm then good you can, to you go. can get me caught I up. Let, I am good to go. <laughs> yeah, I I am glad I have the week completely off of work because I am so behind on things I want to see, and Hawkeye is going to come out, and I am going to want to binge watch. Well, I can't binge watch it because it'll only be one episode. I'm going to want to binge watch everything else before Hawkeye. Yeah. Well, yeah. Aaron, you got to watch Mayor of Kingstown also. What's Mayor of Kingstown? That's the new Jeremy Renner show um, from Taylor Sheridan, the guy who does Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I saw the first episode. Do not... Where is that? It, it is on Paramount+. Plus. Okay. Um, the only advice I will give you is do not read any single article about it before you watch it. Big spoilers. <laughs> big spoilers. Um, big, big surprises in the first episode. So do not read anything. Just go straight in. I think the movie I'm looking forward to is Netflix has uh, Red Notice. Yeah, I want to see that too. I yeah, it's got, it. yeah, it's got The Rock, it's got Ryan Reynolds, and it's got Gal Gadot. I have not watched it yet, movie. but it sure does look good. Yeah. It looks like a real popcorn movie. That's what the holiday season's for, right? That's right. Well, you know, uh, I, <laughs> I'm working uh, this coming week, uh, the week of Thanksgiving. All of my peers are gone, right? So... I'm the guy holding down the fort this week. And I, 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 you know, I made the comment on Friday. I said, well, I'm going to run with scissors while you guys are gone. And they said, okay, well, we just need to know which direction the scissors are pointing. Are they pointing out? Or are they pointing in? And I said, I said, well, what do you mean? Well, we're trying to figure out what type of EAP to call for you. <laughs> <laughs> Is this self-harm or harming others? And I'm like, absolutely harming others. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Nonstop. Like, uh, these so, people not know, know you you don't harm yourself that's right that's right why would i do that no, the, the, but, the, between know, the cigars and the whiskey and the scotch that's 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 enough self-harm <laughs> <laughs> that's right 
That's right. Well, yeah, I'd like to point out that I recognized the level of my scotch consumption, and so I switched over to beer during the week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, the holidays are coming up, so we'll be able to get caught up on some comics and some TV show, which will be nice. I mean, not this week, but we have a a nice long weekend ahead of us, and I've got some comics to, to... to uh, get caught up on but you know if you're listening to this podcast the most recent episode that we recorded um it is november 21st the last episode in which we all were on the mics to record a funny books was recorded on october 31st it's been almost a month it's been three weeks three solid weeks since we've recorded an episode of funny books and so we've got some comics to get caught up on um, including, you know, uh, that week, the, the first week of November, Dark Knights of Steel came out. The new Tom Taylor, um, you know, Elseworlds, because that's basically what it is. The new Tom Taylor Elseworlds book from DC Comics, kind of a, a medieval take on the DC universe. And um, I'm very curious what you guys thought of this book. Can I say first that there are too many dark titled books right now i mean just in first run dark knights of steel uh dark ages dark hold i mean oh, fair, dark. it's gonna be a dark it's gonna be a dark episode of funny books yeah i, I just i'm just like okay there's too many because i'm getting uh, particularly on the marvel side i'm getting confused between dark hold and dark ages yeah not that the stories are similar but the titles are similar and, and they're both coming out at the same time so i find that very confusing if but, this is the dark episode does that mean next episode is going to be the uh, after dark with Aaron and Polly <laughs> <laughs> if we're lucky on the fee paying member site after dark so uh, wayne have, did you read dark knights of steel i have not i bought it but i haven't read it uh-huh. i i uh, i, I got to say I rather enjoyed this. I didn't think I was going to, you know, I, mm-hmm. I picked up the first issue so that I could talk to, to you guys about it, uh, talk with you guys about it. But, uh, I, I was surprised that I enjoyed it as much as I did. Same, same here. Um, no, it's a Tom Taylor book. So I, I had high expectations of Tom Taylor, but low expectations because I mean, let's face it. How many times have we seen DC or Marvel in a medieval setting? Like that's just a common else world. Mm-hmm. Or, or what if setting that I've seen multiple times, um, you know, and we're, we're only one issue in, so it's hard for me to say what this is going to do different than some right. of the prior um, stories, but it is a well-written story. It very, it is very much a Tom Taylor story through and through. You've got the emotional beats, you know, Tom Taylor is super strong when it comes to writing, you know, emotional storytelling and, you know, character interactions. And you, you certainly get a lot of that, a lot of world building without it necessarily being force fed to you, which was one of the things I liked. Um, everything basically comes up in conversation, mm-hmm. not, not in lengthy exposition, which yeah, I and, liked. And I do think, you know, you know, back in the day, we would have called this an Elseworlds story. Mm-hmm. Uh, would I like that, you know, there, there's two primary concepts in my opinion on the story first is instead of just sending kal-el to earth from the dying planet krypton jor-el manages to send himself lara and Mm -hmm. kal-el so you know the, the whole family comes right uh and sets up but instead of landing in modern day smallville they land in uh you know medieval times and i i it's just a really interesting sort of sort of concept, you know, the the elves setting up their monarchy. And I, I 
I've just got to say, I'm, I'm rather digging it. I'm digging too. it. And, and that it doesn't put, at least in the first issue anyway, it doesn't put Batman and Superman at odds with each other. Because so many times in these kinds of retellings, we find, you know, Batman and Superman enemies, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, they have an adversarial relationship and here they're, they're, they're sort of raised as brothers. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm just really, I, I thought it had a really nice energy and, uh, uh, an interesting sort of twist on on stories that we've seen in the past. So I'm digging it and I'm in for issue two. Same here. Same here. The art by Yasmin, uh, Putri Mm -hmm. really sells it. It's really, you know, a, a, a nice looking book. Um, and it, it, like I said, it's it's hard to go wrong with Tom Taylor, right? You know that I'm maybe famous last words because he, <laughs> he because it's one you know like every time Tom Taylor I see Tom Taylor's name attached to a book I'm like is this the one where he jumps the shark because now <laughs> you know his output is increasing right he was just the injustice right. guy or you know and 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 now he's you know. He's uh, well, you know d- d- this he's, and Dark Ages and you know a, and Nightwing and Superman like yeah. he's he's I'm like when is he going to be Spread Truth then yeah like Bendis yeah you know I it may because we saw what happened to Bendis over the years but you know I, I he's kind of in in his uh, zone at the moment and he's got a, a really unique sort of look on these characters and I'm just very much enjoying that agreed. So Wayne, if if I know you haven't read it yet, but definitely get caught up on it. I I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to issue two. And uh, you know, since we're talking about Tom Taylor, and I mentioned another one of his books, um, Nightwing '86 came out this week, which was, for you know, oh, in my opinion, a really well done tie-in to Fear State, because I feel like I was able to enjoy this three-part tie-in mm-hmm. without feeling obligated. That I, I mean, yes, there was one moment in here where it's like, if you want to know what happened, check out the Batgirl book or whatever. Um, well, and I think it gives you a false sense of quality, right? Because you're like, these books are really good. Yeah. I should go <laughs> check out Fear State. You should not. <laughs> I, I am telling you, you should not. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I mean, I, that is the that is the uh, the lure here. Is like, you know, don't trust it. Don't. It's a trick. They've given you <laughs> quality here. It's not quality over there. It yeah. is not. No, I, I very much enjoyed this book, and I've enjoyed this this run. And I know that Wayne's going to disagree with me here, but I think the artwork's fantastic in this book. Um, I, I I love how he draws, and particularly how, how he draws Barbara Gordon, uh, Batgirl. Uh, I, I, I the book is 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 really enjoyable. Um, I think there's a nice balance of character moments, and I think that's what's really uh, suckered me in to this fear state tie-in is the the characters are talking to each other like I feel like they should be talk- talking to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, people who've known each other for years and years, and you know the commentary that the people around Dick and Barbara uh, are making about their relationship. Uh, I find very amusing and very appropriate. I, I dug it. I dug. The, yeah. I dug the book a lot. It is frustrating that the main story was put on hold for a tie-in, but still the tie-in issues have been good. I have zero interest in Fear State. I hate the story, but I've enjoyed the character interactions that you mentioned as well in this one. Mm -hmm. My complaint with this issue is this art, uh, particularly the female faces, 
I would not have known that those were supposed to be Stephanie and Cass in any way. See, I didn't. I, I liked the art. I thought the art was Same. kinetic. I, I mean, I, I actually enjoyed it, and I get why you didn't. It, it is definitely not a Wayne friendly art style. <laughs> but yeah, I said I, I think the faces are like on these female characters are just plain ugly. Hmm? I would not have known those were these characters, and in the backup previews of Batgirl, I was wondering how you were going to take that. <laughs> that. I'm not buying Batgirl now. The, 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 you mean Batgirls? Yeah, I am not going to buy Batgirls now yeah. because the art in it looks like this art. It's a different artist, but yeah, that that um that Batgirls book looks looks pretty rough. That yeah, I, I, I was I'm, excited about it because it's going to be a you know Stephanie and Cass book, and after seeing the preview pages, I'm not getting it. What turned me off on the preview pages was all of the text. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was like, "Ooh, that is uh, a little narrative heavy for me." Uh, the artwork, I, you know, I think is certainly an acquired taste, but you know, I recognize what they're doing there. I just, I think this this book is probably aimed at younger readers, um, though. I, I think it's strange that if you're aiming it at younger readers, that uh, you've got so much text on the page. Yeah. Yeah, it's but. it's it. I don't think that. Yeah, to your point, I don't know that we're the audience for that book. Yeah, but um, agreed. You know, so I I picked up a, another uh, Robin type book. I guess uh, over uh-huh. these past few weeks, I picked up Robin and Batman, which um, I will say, like if I remember correctly, it was not a cheap book. I feel like it was a six dollar book, which kind of surprised me. Um, but I was very excited for it. it. It is written by Jeff Lemire and it is uh, drawn by Dustin Wen. And Dustin Wen is one of my favorite comic artists. Uh, so I was super excited about it. Now, his art style is definitely, again, a, an acquired taste. Um, you know, it's a very, in this book, he's employed kind of a watercolor uh, art style, which is, you know, I, I think really pretty on the page um so what this book tells the story of it it is kind of like a year one uh dick grayson type story uh very much about dick grayson coming into his own um you know some of his first adventures in the robin costume that kind of thing it also very you know it features killer croc pretty heavily pretty um heavily and uh you know tying killer croc into robin's origins uh, in that Killer Croc may, was, may have actually been a friend of the Graysons at the uh, at Haley Circus. So it, I actually really like the book. Uh, it, it is it's hard for me to recommend it at six dollars. Um, it's one of those you know ba- it's one of those um what do they call that black black series black label oh your black label black, black label, label books. Um, but you know it's it's got a killer creative team. So I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the story. So it was was a good week for Dick Grayson, I guess is what I'm saying. (laughs) A a good week for Dick. Um, (laughs) So returning back to our Tom Taylor appreciation show. um, (laughs) And, you know, can I just say that I, I, in my brain, I keep hearing it as Tom Taylor, Jingleheimer Schmidt. uh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he's doing some work over on the Marvel side of the side of things as well and we are on issue three of dark ages uh which tells the story of a world without uh you know electronic technology um and it was not a good week for anybody over there 
No. no. Well, except maybe Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Apocalypse had a good week. This but, is where the uh, Tom Taylor came out. I think of this series because the first, you know, like the first issue was very much set up, and then the second issue was a little bit more. Here's the current state. This is where the Tom Taylor, the injustice Tom Taylor, came right. through. Well, and the thing that I, and to your point, the thing that I really enjoyed about this book is Tom Taylor does this magnificent thing in the stories that he tells. Is he really gets into how the powers work of a given, you know, hero or villain, and then how that could be more more creatively employed right and that's what i dug about this book because the technology you know since they don't have electronics they don't have you know industry that kind of thing uh you're using you know super powered individuals as your technology and I, i just really dug the the tactical nature of how uh the characters are deployed and how they're used and i mean how uh how uh, apocalypse attacks uh the good guys i just I, I thought this was a great book i really enjoyed it i can't wait to see where it's where it's going the only yeah, problem i am I loving all, oh, go ahead. I, say, I am loving all the characters and their how they're adapting to the world particularly i like that this is told from spider-man's perspective mm-hmm. and that we have you know a a spider child here yeah you know i think one of the things that that you know it, I, I both appreciate and is a concern for me is, you know, is exactly what you put the, the, your finger on Aaron, which is that Tom Taylor, you know, finds ways to employ these characters powers in a way that we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, the purple man has taken control of Quicksilver and uses Quicksilver to attack our heroes. Right. And, you know, Quicksilver does short work of a few of them. Right. And, and, you know, it, it's a pretty tragic ending of the book. You know, some characters don't make it out alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, as I read it, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, but why has no one ever done that before? And maybe that's the good, maybe that's both, maybe that's the good thing about it. Right. But I'm like, why right. is no, why has no one ever done this before? Because it's one of those things that, you know, and I think with Tom Taylor, he he gets the benefit of doing these out of continuity tales, so that right. characters can die. You know, Quicksilver can roll in, snap a couple people's necks, stab someone through the heart. You know, like he can do these things in a way that a Marvel book couldn't, a normal Marvel book couldn't. And it mm-hmm. kind of puts you in the mindset of like, damn, like, like it it, it the, because the stakes are raised, it kind of makes you feel like, wouldn't it be great if like you could read a Marvel book and the stakes were that high? Like you yeah. know, you know what you're reading here is, despite being such an obvious use of these characters' powers, is not something you'll ever see in the pages of Fantastic Four, right. or Avengers, or anything like that. Yeah, and that's yeah. the real like scary thing about a speedster. Yeah. is how much they can do that quickly. Right. Even a speedster who is not, you know, Quicksilver is not anywhere near as fast as, say, the Flash. Right. Yeah. But he's still super fast. And so that, that's the thing that I, I enjoy about this is we so rarely get to see a speedster do the things that a speedster could really do. You know, uh, it's one of the things that frustrates me about uh, not just comic books, but also a lot of the television shows and movies is that, you know, someone who moves as fast as that could do many, many things to you before you have the opportunity to react and that i mean like nobody should ever get the drop on the flash 
Grant Gustin. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he should see it coming from literally a mile away. But uh, anyway, I thought this was a great book. I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, and quick side note, because I know you're about to talk about, in in reference to your speechers, there was a, a, a great moment in this week's Superman book. Uh, where they yes. also written by Tom Taylor, FYI, um, <laughs> where where they take it where you know Superman is up against uh, is up against time, and the only person that he can explain his situation to is the Flash Why? because yeah. of the way in which they they speed. Like he he can't operate in real time. He has to explain it to someone at super speed that can get it at super speed. And I thought that moment was brilliant. So Tom Taylor, I, yeah, you know, completely agree. If, if I, they I, need I, a new I, writer I, on Flash, Tom Taylor's probably your guy. Yeah. yeah, I definitely love that moment of, uh, you know, I don't have time to explain this to anyone else. Yeah. We have not talked about it uh, much on the podcast, but I'm really getting a kick out of the Darkhold tie-ins on, uh, over at Marvel. I've read two of them that I thought were just outstanding. Uh, the first was the one that came out last month with Iron Man, which uh, was sort of a body horror story. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was creepy as all get out. It was just, and it was so, it was so horrific and that, you know, you know, early on that pep, that bad things are going to happen to pepper and you know, that, uh, uh, you know, Tony has, has succumbed to the darkness. Uh, wasp came out this week and, you know, uh, Janet Van Dyne, Janet Pym, uh, however you know her is one of my favorite characters over in Marvel. I, I, she, she is just somebody that, uh, she is often written with, you know, a, a fantastic wit and sense of style and, you know, really lightens, uh, the storytelling and a lot of really dark stories. Um, but she, she has a depth of character that I really appreciate and, and a real sort of tragic history in the Marvel universe in that, uh, she was abused, uh, by Hank Pym or a version of Hank Pym uh, during their marriage. Well, this story tells that story, except it has a much darker ending. And I'm not, I won't spoil anything other than to say I really appreciated the storytelling in this book, uh, both visually and in the narration. I, I, I think there is such a really interesting place to uh, tell these sort of horror stories in the Marvel Universe. And I, I, I like the opportunity that, that we're getting to see our otherwise heroic characters do horrible, terrible things. <laughs> so just Aaron, that's my question about these dark hold books. Mm-hmm. Are they tied together? Is this an event? Are they all what if stories that are separate? So the, the tie ins that I've read, uh, are out of continuity. They do not link to each other. The only the only connecting thread is this is a universe in which the Darkhold has been unleashed, um, and so it has affected you know those who would otherwise you know it, it's affecting everybody, but in particular it's affecting our heroes and turning those stories darker and horrific choices. Um, and the reason why I, you know because I was curious too. Having read the Iron Man book, I was like, well, I wonder how this ties in. Well, they, there's no connective tissue at all that I could see other than the Darkhold setup. Um, so each one of these is kind of a one-off. They don't link together. They don't, they don't tell a narrative uh, connecting to the main story other than to give you a flavor of you know, horror in the Marvel Universe. I, they are you, – you can pick up 
the Iron Man book, you can pick up the Wasp book without ever having picked up the main series. And they're, I found them both very enjoyable. Okay, Dark, knowing that, I may pick a couple of them up. Beautifully. Now, I got to tell you, I wanted to get the Blade book, but the preview art was awful, in my opinion. Um, the style for the for for Blade should not look uh, quite so whimsical. And maybe that works in the story. I didn't read it, but I, I was so turned off by the uh, style that the uh, the art was um, uh, provided that I, I, I didn't pick it up. But the, I, the Iron Man book and the Wasp book are both beautifully drawn, excellently told stories, and they are legit straight up horror stories. And both just very different in the types of, of horror that they're telling. I, I, I Like I said, I enjoyed both of them a great deal. So, and, Aaron, I owe you a big thank you. Uh-oh, here it comes. Is it because of the gift I sent you from Adam and Eve? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that, that thank you I'll give you later. Okay, yeah, yeah, excellent. <laughs> no, the thank you I owe you is for pointing me towards Primordial. Isn't that a good book? It really is. And it's like... When the first issue came out, I wasn't going to pick it up. It looked interesting, but I didn't really know what it was yeah. until you told me about it. And then I was all on board. So now we're three issues in and we still don't really know what's going on. And I am still 100 percent in love with this book. It's a great book. I love, you know, number one, you've got the the animals that we have shot into space have you know clearly encountered an alien intelligence. And the alien intelligence is uplifting them uh, to, you know, more of a sentient intelligence uh, and, you know, being able to reason and communicate. Uh, but for what purposes, we don't yet know. And meanwhile, on Earth, you you know, we're, we're you know, neck deep in the Cold War and we've got, you know, disenfranchised scientists from both the Soviet and the U.S. side working together outside of uh, uh the knowledge or approval of, of their of the, their respective governments. Yeah, well, There's and all. it's an alternate Cold War because right. a couple of major things are different. We mm -hmm. never went to the moon. The program right. stopped. And because the program stopped, uh, Kennedy lost and we have Nixon as president. Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting book. I think it's the there is a style to the artwork that's very reminiscent of Jonathan Hickman's sort of graphic design. Uh, meanwhile, the the there is a a crispness and cleanness to the art that I just find really captivating. The animals are emotive without being uh, you know uh, anthropomorphized. I, I I love this book. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. It's it's there there is uh, a lot of depth in the story, both visually and in the narrative. I'm I'm digging the hell out of this. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned the art. There are two distinct different art styles in here. Yeah. The animals have one art style that is mm -hmm. a little bit more crisp and very emotive, and the the people have a very noir style. Yes. Art going for it. Yeah, and, it seems to be telling the difference between, you know, the 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 animals are more pure, right? Yeah. And and the the, you know, noir style that that you reference to the uh, human story is, you know, kind of showing how corrupt, how dangerous, how uh, you know, uh, compromised 
humanity is. I, I there is there is so much going on on the page and in this book. Uh, I just I can't get over that I almost missed it. Right. I mean, yeah. I hadn't seen any press on Primordial, and it was only because the cover grabbed me uh, that I went and I looked at the preview pages. And I'm like, oh, I got to get this book. And then, you know, just word of mouth, you know, I, I kick it over to, to, to Wayne. So he picks it up. And, and dear listener, I hope you're picking up this book. It is fantastic. Well, and they know how to make you love a human character, even though she's preparing to shoot a dog into space. Right. Because she gives him a treat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you really feel on those pages. Book. It makes you feel. You feel yeah. how much she loves this dog and hates uh-huh. that it's going to be shot into space. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great book. It's a great book. Yeah, I, I, I cannot recommend it enough. And Paul, you yes, need sir. to be reading this book. I don't know. You need to be we'll reading see. it. I'll think about it. I'll think You'll about do it. it. I'll think You'll about do it. You'll do it. I'm actively thinking it. about it. Hey, Paul. <laughs> yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, this is a pretty big week in the comic store. Um, from Marvel Comics, you have the relaunch of Black Panther, Black Panther issue one, uh, written by John Ridley, the... Uh, writer uh, and co-creator of the new Batman uh, that's going on on DC Comics uh, is the new writer on Black Panther with art by Juan Cabal. Uh, I'm not familiar with the artist, but new Black Panther book. Um, Also from Marvel Comics, you have the third issue of The Death of Doctor Strange from Jeb McKay Mm -hmm. um, and Lee Garbett. You have the new launch of Hulk, Hulk number one um, from Donny Cates and Ryan Otley. I am so in. I am super excited that Donny Cates is, is taking on the Hulk. I will definitely give the first issue a shot. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I've got my fingers crossed. Donny, Donny Cates hasn't let me down recently. He has done some excellent stuff, particularly over on, in the pages of Crossover at Image Comics. Uh, I, I'm, I'm eager to see what he does with the Hulk. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to give that first issue a shot I, and see how it goes. I have not read a good Hulk story in a very, very very long time i agree um also uh hawkeye number one starring kate bishop there's a new kate bishop book coming out probably to tie him with the uh tv show coming out uh comes out this week from marvel comics uh also look at the preview pages and if the art is even halfway decent i'll be picking that up yeah I'm, i'm i'm I, like you said, I will check out the preview pages. Um, I will also check out the preview pages because I'm a glutton for punishment for X-Force Kill Shot Anniversary Special. Um, celebrating the 30th anniversary, uh, Rob Liefeld uh, is doing a one-shot X-Force book. Yeah, a glutton for punishment. Um, so many pouches and so bad. <laughs> the tiny, tiny feet. Tiny, tiny feet. Uh, also, God of Hammers, uh, the new arc of Thor from Donny Cates and Nick Klein. Uh, Nick Klein is back on art. Starts in Thor issue 19. And if you were waiting on War of the Bounty Hunters so that you weren't paying $5 per issue uh, for the Star Wars crossover from Charles Sewell and Steve McNiven... Well, you can now get the Star. You can get the collected edition, War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha, and War of the Bounty Hunters issues one through five. Um, if you are a Comicsology Unlimited member, it is nine dollars and thirty four cents mm. instead of paying the thirty dollars you would have um, had you bought each one of those books individually. And I'm sure if you no, don't wait too much longer and as a Comicsology Unlimited subscriber, you'll actually get to uh, you know read it for free There's at some that. point because a lot of the Star Wars books are available there. Yeah, uh, from DC Comics we have the second issue of DC versus Vampires, and um, the final. God, that's a good that issue one was so good. It was, and yeah. and the 
we don't read this book um, on the podcast. In fact, I don't read it at all. But Checkmate issue six, which is the conclusion of Brian Michael Bendis's whole Checkmate Leviathan, all that story arc, comes out this week. It, it, it's just so funny how how much that story petered out to nothing. It's funny how much uh, Brian Michael Bendis's DC Comics career has uh, petered out to nothing. Oh, there's yeah. That. I mean, he, he he did not enjoy the, the same success at DC that he did at Marvel. How far Anywhere we have near. come from the days where, you know, we would just gush about him. Yep. Yeah. Well, and the final book that I want to mention, um, speaking of great writers, is Jeff Johns and Gary Frank's Geiger. Um, if you have not been picking up the issues individually, Geiger Volume 1 comes out from Image Comics this week, collecting all six issues of that initial volume. Um, cover price is $9.99. If you're a Comixology Unlimited member, it is $8.54 for all six issues. Very good. I liked Geiger. Uh, I did too. I, I, I think there's a lot there to like, and I'm excited to see the expansion of the Geiger universe that is promised at the end of that book. Mm-hmm. So... Well, hey, a lot of good stuff coming out this week. Something to be thankful for. And something we're thankful for is you. And we'd be particularly thankful if you gave us a call at 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise or maybe even, you know, a personal vibrator from Adam and Eve. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Could we might- we we could send you one of the uh, the, the previously used. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know when Sarah starts watching an infomercial, he's got to order. That's when right. they say That's pick right. up the phone now, he picks up the phone. It's fifty percent off, Wayne. I mean, you're losing money not getting the cock ring. I'm just saying. So. <laughs> you can also hit us up on social media. Not to talk about that. <laughs> I O M Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Well, we will talk to you guys all again next time. And uh, you guys have a great Thanksgiving. You too. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.